Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. This is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we're going to be talking about technology today. Very interesting conversation with Max Brickman, who is working with a venture capital firm known as Heartland Ventures. He's managing director, and he will be sharing with us about the work he does in helping large middle America companies acquire technology that's largely being developed on the coasts for their operations. It's going to all be about technology in the future, Lou. It's all about technology right now. Um, as you know, I just came back from the Modex show in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and it was quite quite a show in spite of the coronavirus. Uh, they were to have about a thousand, <clears throat> excuse me, about a thousand uh, exhibitors. They wound up with somewhere around 900. They were supposed to have roughly 30,000 attendees, which is huge. Uh, they had closer to 20,000. That's still a lot of uh, a lot of people and a lot of interest and a lot of square feet that I walked for three days. So, uh, <laughs> but a, a very interesting show, and uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, Max Brickman is going to have something to add to this. So, uh, Max, why don't you tell us first of all a little bit more about Heartland? Because I we know you're in manufacturing uh, sector. We know that you're into the technology side. Uh, but you are also a venture capitalist that uh, invests in these companies. So there may be listeners who are looking just for your services. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely, and, and thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, so we're a, a venture capital fund based in, in the Midwest. Uh, so I started the fund in, in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, we've ex- since expanded to, uh, to Ohio and, and, and continue expanding throughout Indiana. Uh, and the way that we operate is that we actually have a, a dedicated fund uh, that we raised. We raised uh, a $20 million fund about two years ago uh, from basically Midwestern manufacturing companies and logistics companies that you know, are located in places like Elkhart, Indiana, which is you know, the RV capital of the world, or, or in South Bend or in Fort Wayne that you know, have major needs for technology, but because of where they're located, they might not be the first ones to be able to see them. You know, a lot of this technology uh, in, in robotics and automation and uh, and even hiring and training, you know, a lot of this is being developed on the coast right now. You know, it, it's expanding into the Midwest, and, and there's a lot more happening in the Midwest, but still a huge portion of it is coming out of Silicon Valley or out of Boston or New York. So what we do is we identify the companies, spend a lot of time on the coast, uh, identifying companies that you know might be applicable for the, the Midwestern manufacturing and, and logistics companies. So finding you know what is the next uh, great technology that's going to improve and, and you know just enhance manufacturing operations, whether that's you know a robotic forklift or a automated hiring platform for hourly employees. Uh, that's what we find. And then we take those companies that are developed on the coast and we'll actually bring them out to the Midwest, connect them with the manufacturing companies here who are their customers and effectively say, hey, you guys are the experts. What, what do you think about this technology? 
and we use that as part of our process before we invest. Uh, and then if we do, then there's an opportunity to all be able to work together where the, the manufacturing companies uh, are able to get earlier access to technology, you know, we're able to have more validation about the technologies we're, we're working with and, uh, and it provides an ex- kind of expansion point for these coastal companies to, to start um, you know, looking at, at doing more in the Midwest. Is one of the byproducts of uh, your services uh, as to keeping manufacturing in this country? For example, you have a company out in California who's got a, a new whiz bank technology on making uh, XYZ. You now find them Absolutely. somebody who can make XYZ and you keep the jobs here in America. Absolutely. It, for, Midwest, for American manufacturing to remain competitive, you know, we have to be as innovative as we can, and we have to utilize resources that exist across the country. That means, you know, the manufacturing sector working with the tech sector, and so, so that both can be as competitive as, as they can be, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it gives them a competitive advantage when they're competing with with China or, or with other countries. So a lot of the businesses that we work with and that have invested in our fund are are companies that, uh, yes, yeah, see, this is a way of making themselves more competitive and uh, just making U.S. manufacturing more competitive overall. When you say you bring the companies out to the Midwest, are you bringing the key people of the company out to the Midwest to kind of tell their story to the manufacturers? Yeah, it's, you know, there's not a lot of, right now, collaboration between, you know, these, yeah, these high-tech companies in San Francisco and the Midwestern manufacturing companies so to be able to, or just manufacturing companies overall. So to be able to get them in the same room and be able to have conversations that are incredibly helpful for both groups, for the CEOs of these companies to come out and meet with the CEOs or head of operations for the manufacturing companies allows both sides to learn. You know, the, the technology company understands what is needed and the manufacturing company understands what exists or what is possible. Um, so by having those conversations and, and kind of bridging that gap and enabling more conversations between Silicon Valley and, and, and manufacturing sector, uh, you know, we, we strongly believe that's going to help everyone involved. And Max, kind of walk me through the transaction. You were CEO and founder of both Clean Slate and Peloton Investors. We all know Peloton because it's all over the airwaves. So what's the transaction look like? Is it your investment group uh, taking an interest in the new technology and then marketing it to the manufacturers, uh, or correct me where I'm wrong in terms of what actually transpires? Yeah, so previously I had an education company uh, called Clean Slate that, uh, if you're familiar with with Scantron exams, uh, this is kind of more, more my background than, than what we're doing now, but it was a, uh, a, manuf- a uh, uh, education product that reduced cheating on exams. So if you know Scantron, like fill in the bubble, multiple choice tests that are machine graded where you fill out, you know, A, B, C, or D, um, it's really easy to cheat off of this. Uh, so chemical engineered a paper that lets you write normally, uh, but if you look at that paper from an angle, it's completely black. Uh, so you can't, you can't cheat. Uh, and, and before that, uh, Peloton Investors was actually a, a, a real estate investment company. Um, so we had about 450 residential units in uh, in Milwaukee, uh, which is where, where I'm originally from. And it just sort of saw you know, 
learned from, from both sides that you know there the operational side in the, in the Midwest that there's a lot of needs for technology and and from the education company that you know there's a lot of technology that's being developed in other places that that could be helpful to have here and you know after that I moved to South Bend and saw that you know in, in a place like South Bend you have a lot of these incredible companies that are doing a few hundred million in revenue or, or more in some cases a few billion dollars in revenue. But again, because of where they're located, they might be at a disadvantage relative to, you know, a company based in Atlanta that might have some technology, uh, you know, high-potential technology companies that are being developed down the street. Uh, so again, yeah, our, our our mission is really to uh, to connect the two. Okay. One of the things we like to do with our guests is encourage our listeners to reach out to the guests to you know, learn more and to give the guest a pretty good understanding of, in this case, what Heartland Ventures does, so they know whether or not they're making a phone call that's a fit. So that's why I was trying to find out that, you know, how does a transaction go. And that, that, so anything you can share along those lines, uh, we love to have our listeners know whether or not that first phone call is a fit. And, and so do you, by the way. It's all the qualified leads. Absolutely, no, I appreciate that, and, and we're, you know, we're, we're not a, a services company, so we don't actually charge for anything, which is which is nice. Uh, you know, we're we're really just looking for feedback on technology. Um, where, what we want to be able to provide for manufacturing companies is we want to be your eyes and ears on what's being developed on the coast. That if there's something that might either significantly improve your company by automating a certain process or reducing costs, or something that might disrupt your company in the future like has happened in you know, most industries now, we want to be sort of an early warning system for that by making you aware of, of what exists there. And what we want to know from manufacturing companies sort of in return is what do you need? You know, what, what, what are the problems you're seeing? What are the opportunities you're seeing, you're seeing so that we're able to keep an eye out for that while we're on the coast? And that's what we do a lot. Oh, okay. We spend a lot of our time working with Western you know, the companies that are invested in our fund uh, that you know, are, are able to provide input on, again, you know, what they need, and that, and that informs what, what we then do. And then, uh, and Mac, then we'll, you know, uh, Max, uh, according to some of the research and notes that I've been following up on, uh, it's claimed by uh, Price Waterhouse that 92% of manufacturing executives uh, state that uh, innovation is important for their future growth. Um, and only two-thirds of those executives believe that they are well-positioned and have a well-defined innovation strategy. So that's uh, so 60% of 92, so there's 30% that are floating around in the dark. Uh, do you agree with these numbers? Uh, is there that many people that already have a innovation strategy to advance their company's uh, growth and revenues? I, I think that's likely accurate in terms of the percentage that have a strategy. Um, I think there's, from what we've seen, there's more that, that needs to be done. I think when you look at how some of, you know, just overall industry in the U.S. has been disrupted, everything from, you know, the hotel industry to the taxi industry to really everything has been disrupted, to, to retail, that it's not something that can be sort of cast off to a, a single person in the company. It needs to be an overall 
corporate focus and a st- overall strategic focus. Um, right. And that can be difficult if you're located so far away from where this technology is being developed. If you're even a 2,000 employee company, but, you know, but based you know, 2,000 miles away from a tech hub, it, it's not top of mind necessarily. You know, There's so many other things to worry about of, you know, coronavirus and hiring and trade wars and, you know, all, all these, these things that are very pressing that it can be difficult to also be looking at automation and technology and, and potentially, you know, you know, looking out for potential disruption in the industry. Uh, so I, I think if I were to guess that, I would actually say the number is lower than that in terms of the, the companies that have an adequate strategy to be able to see enough innovation. Some larger companies do that have corporate venture funds. So some larger manufacturing companies will have, uh, they'll allocate a certain amount of money to investing in early stage technology that's relevant for their business. And they'll say, we'll invest you know, in 10 different companies per year that are relevant to our industry. And that'll help us get exposure to that industry and, and, and learn about it. Uh, and that, that's called that's corporate venture, corporate venture capital, and that's uh, a really rapidly growing area. And, and that is one strategy to be able to to respond to that, to be able to have a, an innovation strategy. Being that you brought it up, uh, trade wars, and I'll bring this up about the about the current situation with the viruses. This all obviously negatively impacts manufacturers and only complicates matters more when you're located in the Midwest and you need to uh, deal with a tech company in California and the airlines are no longer flying and so on and so forth. Um, my my question is, for you, from your standpoint, wouldn't this make this a very advantageous time for you to sell your story and your services to both a tech company and a manufacturing company that you're in the the right position to be able to put and marry these types of companies together. I appreciate the idea. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to send you a $10,000 bill for consulting. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, doesn't that really, I know you're going to use this idea. So I, I, you know, just send me a 25 cent royalty fee. Sure. You know, you know, we we look long, we the companies that we work with, the the manufacturing companies. There's really two sides that we work with. We work with the manufacturing companies, um, primarily in the Midwest, and then we work with the technology companies, primarily on the coast. Uh, and we look, on both cases, we're looking long term. You know, we're looking at what is the manufacturing industry going to look like in 10 years, or 20 years, or 30 years. You know, we'll we'll ride out this storm. The companies we work with will ride out this storm. The good ones will will be able to you know, work through it. Uh, and any technology that only works in extreme cases like this and, and, you know, edge cases like coronavirus or only in a trade war or, or only during a war, you know, are not going to survive long-term. Um, so, you know, this might help people start thinking about automation because, you know, unemployment is incredibly low. It's, it's very difficult to find people now anyway. And then now all of a sudden you throw in, uh, you know, coronavirus where people aren't coming to work and, and you don't have anyone to replace them with, uh, it becomes very difficult and uh, it can lead to, you know, dangerous situations where you're, where people are not qualified or doing jobs they're not qualified for. Um, 
and yeah, that, that, that is a time when people start thinking about technology of, you know, mm-hmm. having technology that can better equip people to be safer in, in a job. Uh, we, we invest in a technology um, called strong arm technologies that basically a device that, you know, goes in your, your shirt pocket or straps in your chest and, uh, it, it monitors your movement for, for injuries. So if you're what they, what they call industrial athletes, so people that are working in manufacturing facilities or fulfillment centers and, you know, are jumping off a forklift instead of getting off or lifting something outside of your strike zone, you know, that, that's going to lead to in, injury. Um, so they monitor that and then deliver it to the, to the relevant parties. Um, you know, and that's something where technology is able to, to better help these companies be safer, you know, in, an, in a time when, you know, the workforce is so strained that you're at risk of having people doing jobs they're not qualified for or, or, or ha- have not been, had enough time to be trained for and are at risk of getting hurt. Your technology isn't just automation. It, it does provide a lot of opportunities to make the workforce safer and, and more efficient. Well, it's interesting that at the, the MoDeck show, there was a lot of uh, safety issues, uh, uh, safety issue technology that was present uh, safety wearables and so on. And uh, uh, there's a direct return on investment on that in that as you lower the uh, number of injuries that a company has, the lower your uh, insurance becomes. And some of the investment, for example, there was one particular item that um, I don't have the name of it in front of me, uh, it would say it's it's like a cell phone. You wear it on your belt, and if you're working at in a shop and you go to pick up something and you pick it up wrong, in a wrong posture, this uh, device vibrates and tells you don't do that. Very, very well, might have been strong arm, strong arm technologies, uh, which is a, a portfolio company of ours. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Sean could is be. an incredible founder. And, and it was uh, yes, I think that's who it was. And the device is $150. And they say in most cases who they've sold their, these devices to their workers, and there may be a couple of hundred of them, uh, they had no injuries at this one particular plant. They had no injuries in a year. Uh, you would think that that insurance bill is going to go down, and the return on investment is probably about three or four months. So there's there are great case yeah it really is and uh, I was really impressed with it and there were other things like that uh, um, hand scanners that hit fit on top of your hand so that you could still do your work and this monitor on your hand is doing the scanning taking inventory uh, uh, accounting numbers and you don't even know it's on. So it's uh, pretty pretty yeah. neat stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's what technology should be. I mean, technology shouldn't be invasive. It should it should make the lives better of everyone that's involved, from the worker to the, the company to society in general. That's really what great technology can do. And you know, there's great use cases of you know, fortunately, our economy set up in a way where great technology can align incentives, where the technology that happens to help the worker be safer and, and have fewer injuries, you know, we're, it, we're, our economy is built in a way where, the, the, again, the incentives are aligned. The insurance industry, right, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to compensate for them for that. Their premiums will go down. Their, their, their number of um, 
their workers' comp claims will go down, uh, the, their retraining costs will go down. So it's you know good technology will help you know, will, well, will provide a, a significant and, ROI. And actually, uh, as we all are aware, people are resistant to change. Uh, and this company that I did speak with, uh, the employees immediately got it that wow, this is going to help me, and they were not resistant. And then there are people who didn't get their devices soon enough that were complaining that they didn't get their devices soon enough. So the company went out and they did a, a test and they had X number of employees who used it. So they just went out and bought everybody these uh, devices and uh, they, they welcomed these changes. So the, the, there's a major change in uh, employee attitude as well in certain areas. So before we totally run out of time, I'd like you to uh, give us the uh, URL so everybody can know who you are, where you are, and how to get in touch with you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, anyone can reach out to us on uh, through our website or through through LinkedIn. Uh, our website is heartlandventures.com. So H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D ventures.com. And feel free to reach out and would love to talk to, uh, you know, what, what technologies you're looking at, what opportunities you see within your space, you know, what problems you're having that you think could be solved through technology. Those are the types of things we want to we learn from you. That would be great. That would be great. Tim? Well, Max, it's uh, always fascinating to talk to somebody who's working on the either the cutting edge or the bleeding edge, depending on how you want to define it, <laughs> a technology. Uh, and, and bringing it to manufacturing, Lou and I have been talking about manufacturing on the air now for over six years and promoting in 400-plus shows companies like yours that are operating in the space, trying to make it you know, faster, better, cheaper. So we appreciate having you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Anything else right. you want to share with our uh, listeners, Max, before we wrap up this segment? Uh, no, no, that, that's it. Um, but again, th- thank you. This is a great forum to be able to share share these ideas and, and have these conversations. Okay. Uh, again, thank you for being on the show. And uh, uh, you can use my idea. I give it to you gratis. You won't get a bill from me. Um, but if it does work, I'd like to know if it works to see how smart I am. So thanks for for being on the show, and uh, Tim, take it away. And we have been speaking with uh, Max Brinkman, who is the uh, managing director of Heartland Ventures, and they're doing a very interesting thing by being the matchmaker between manufacturers and new technology, and it's certainly something that you ought to at least have a conversation with Max about. Uh, They can be found at heartlandvc.com. Again, that's heartlandvc.com is their website. So uh, check out the website and have a conversation with Max if you've got some technology issues or some issues you think technology can solve. And while you are at mfgtalkradio.com, where this show will be posted, along with any other information that Max shares with us that we can add to that page. You'll find 400-plus other shows that we've done, a great library of information. So we always appreciate the people who are visiting our website and digging into all of the past shows, the news articles that we post, 
uh, anybody who signs up for our monthly easing called Manufacturing Outlook. And again, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.